Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. Welcome to The Daily Punch. Brought to you by Punchful News. It's Friday, October 29th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Democrats disappointing end to the week. Number two, progressives say they are ready. And now number three, all eyes are on Congressional Progressive Caucus Chair Pramila Jayapal. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The number one story of the week, President Joe Biden comes to Capitol Hill. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi promising, pushing forward that they're going to get this, uh, if not reconciliation bill done, they are going to get the bipartisan infrastructure bill done. None of that happens. No, didn't happen. Um, This was our topic of conversation yesterday, Anna, that... Um, they thought, I guess we didn't know this time yesterday morning, we had a sneaking suspicion. I'm not sure if we knew that the president was going to come to Capitol Hill, but the president came to Capitol Hill and he whiffed again. Um, and it's a few, a few important points to think about here. Um, so he wanted to vote on infrastructure yesterday or Pelosi, I guess, wanted to vote on infrastructure and he didn't, she didn't get it. Uh, progressives said and rightfully so i mean not a crate this is not a crazy demand by them um they said that um they wanted a um uh, assurances on the reconciliation bill well, first they said they wanted text on the reconciliation bill and they got text and then they said they wanted assurances which is fine i mean i i spent the day kind of we all uh, myself Brez, uh, Christian Hall, and Max Cohen, our, our our editorial team, so to speak, on Capitol Hill, um, all spent the day trailing Pramila Jayapal, and um, uh, and she met with Kirsten Cinema, and she met with, you know, and and so she there. There's an open line of communication between the uh, progressives in the House and and Cinema and Mansion or Cinema Mansion. So listen, it was an embarrassing episode for Biden and Pelosi to be completely. Um, owned by Jayapal, who is a, uh, you know, just in her, you know, she's just been in Congress, I think, two or three terms. And um, I think this is her third term. And, um, and that's where we are. I think one of the things that's worth noting here, though, is yes, Biden goes to the Hill, he makes his kind of, you know, speech to House Democrats to, to support his agenda. But we kind of detailed this pretty clearly in Punchable News AM this morning that he didn't make the ask. I think that that is important, right? He kind of came up on the Hill broadly speaking about the need to pass infrastructure, the need to pass reconciliation, that these were going to be transformative. But not only did he not, there and also is in a staff call between, you know, Luis Terrell and Brian Deese uh, from the White House and members of Congress, you know, almost saying like, you know, d- is the is the ask the president that we pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill and they didn't they wouldn't go that far which i think is it's nuanced and and maybe gets lost a little bit but it wasn't as if the white house was turning arms as hard as they could have yeah and i think that's you know the white house has basically been like okay we're going to defer to pelosi uh we'll see if that's a good bet i mean i, I again our base case is this does get done but, you know, we're now it's almost when we return on Monday, um, it's going to be November. And uh, and I don't think reconciliation is going to be ready next week. I, I just simply don't. Um, and um, I, I, so does that mean infrastructure gets done next week? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, so I, I, I find this all to be a uh, uh, 
you know, it's 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 difficult. It's difficult for Pelosi. It's difficult for Biden. But the, let me give you the White House's view here. I had a lot of conversations with the White House over this, and their view is like you're making a mountain out of a molehill. This is going to get done. It's going to be transfer, transformative, transformational, both of those things. And um, who cares if it like gets delayed another couple days? Like who cares? And and fair enough. But like we we track power <laughs> and we track how it's exercised and whether people are successful. And and I, I, I could you could both you could say at the same time that this is going to get done. It's going to be a large scale um, uh, victory for President Biden, at least in the immediate, because this is what he wants to do. We'll see if it has positive or negative political impacts that we're not going to judge at this point. That will be that will come out in time. But it, it is not great when you go to Capitol Hill to um, to try to get a priority done and you're not able to. Like, that's not good. <laughs> I don't know how to... Like. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the day, which is some good news, potentially, for now. Progressives, they now say they're ready. It's a good sign for Pelosi when progressives are telling us that they think they'll be ready to vote on the infrastructure bill and the reconciliation bill as early as next week. I do think the body language here has been really fascinating, and we've talked about it before, but like... There's a lot of people that want to say the Congressional Progressive Caucus is the House Freedom Caucus. And I think, sure, there's some some maybe some truth to that. But in large part, they are not tr true because the Congressional Pro Progressive Caucus isn't trying to take over or kick out Speaker Pelosi and put someone from their group in. They're not trying to take these bills down. I mean, when you I think one of the things that's been pretty stunningly consistent is how Jai Paul has been able to stop an agenda but at the same time, message like she is Joe Biden and his agenda's biggest supporter. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there are key, you know, a lot of people compare this to the Freedom Caucus, like you said, and and um, it, it misses the point here. I mean, this is a larger group than like Jayapal actually has a tougher job than than Meadows ever did. Uh, you and I wrote a lot about that, including a book about Mark Meadows and the Freedom Caucus and all those dynamics. So. She had us a tougher time, but is more much more successful in it. Um, and, and I'd just say, in addition to that, uh, she's been able to kind of keep this happy demeanor about her <laughs> in that, like, she's fighting for this agenda and she wants to get it done, but wants to make sure there are certain boxes checked. I mean, she's not like, like, the Freedom Caucus was angry. <laughs> you know, they were angry about a lot of stuff. They were angry. They thought the president was weak at times in, in backing their promises. They thought Paul Ryan was weak. They threw out John Boehner. But, like, the, the, the Progressive Caucus is not that. Like, and that's that's an important distinction here because they're able to to present like a pretty reasonable front. Now, that doesn't mean people aren't upset with them. Their people are definitely frustrated with them. I There's no doubt about that. But, um, you know, th th that's that's kind of how they keep their they keep their cool about them and keep respect among some in the caucus. And I just think the other thing I would just note, and we can move on to actually like focusing on Jai Paul in, in particular, but I do think you've seen this kind of effort by progressives, and I think you kind of let it off at the top. Like they want assurances that this reconciliation package, you know, is going to pass the Senate from Manchin and Cinema. And so far, they haven't gotten that, right? I mean, if you look at the public posture that both Manchin and Cinema have said, they haven't said, We're, I'm voting for this, right? I, no one has been that aggressive. And I think, you know, to your point earlier, it's, you know, I can see what they're trying to do because it's, 
it's very easy when you don't have anything, you know, anything holding them up to say, well, you know, Manchin Cinema got their bipartisan infrastructure package. What is to make them support reconciliation when clearly there's a lot of issues, even the stuff that they've kind of, you know, cut down, they still have, you know, questions about. So I don't know. I think it's interesting to see how the relationship between the progressives and Mansion and Cinema progresses into next week, into the potentially the next several weeks as they try to hammer out a final package. What? Well, just one more, one more thing. Their behavior here is rational. Like, it, like let's just be completely clear. The progressives, it's completely rational. They have something that other people want, and they are making sure that they get what they want in exchange for it. I mean, this is rational political behavior for for a group that has 90. I mean, they're they're almost they're like a third of the caucus, right? I mean, like, I guess I'm not doing the math right at this moment, but but no, they're, you know, so it's just like this is like rational political acting. Uh, so I, I, I think you should no one should be surprised about this. All right, let's move on very quickly to the number three story of the day, which we've really kind of already focused on through each of the earlier uh, stories, but it's really looking at Jayapal, right, and how she's been successful. I think, you know, lover, hater, you have to admit that she's been very successful in holding the Congressional Progressive Caucus together with pressure against the pressure of the speaker and the president. That's a very difficult thing to do. They've really been in lockstep in a way that, we often, you know, when you look at power, you look at the people on the Hill, wavering starts to happen once the president, you know, starts to get involved. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Jayapal, I would, I, I, a few circ- a few important things to note here. Um, one thing that I think Jayapal does really well is she, she sticks to one demand, um, which is tough. <laughs> I mean, in, in a house that is, the House of Representatives is a very dynamic and frenetic institution with a lot of constituencies who want a lot of different things. And Jayapal is able to kind of look at the horizon and keep her eyes fixed on one goal, which is something, Anna, you and I talk about that is kind of a mark of a good leader, right? Because uh, good leaders are able to focus and not able to get itchy or confused or, um, uh, I guess I would say, you know, um, they're not, they don't, they don't waver. And and I think that's really important here is that people are able to understand her demands and track them. Like Mark Meadows and Jordan were all over the map. I mean, we covered a lot of legislative debates where they had lots of issues with lots of different bills. And it's like, all right, well, like we solved this problem. You're on this problem now. And that was the frustration with them. People don't have that frustration with, with Jayapal. I think that's right. I think it's moving the goalpost is really easy once you get one victory to say, oh, well, I also want this thing. I also want this thing. Exactly. And that's clearly not what they have been doing. And honestly, I mean, a lot of their biggest priorities have been cut, have been slashed, have been taken out, and they still are fairly supportive. So certainly she's going to be someone to watch. How does she get to yes? You know, I mean, how do they, they kind of find this, this pressure is going to continue to ramp up at the end of the year. You know, if we get that far to do something, clearly all eyes on for most Democrats, particularly in the moderate, uh, you know, part of the the party is looking at what happens in Virginia, what happens in New Jersey. They're all looking at their, you know, kind of midterm reelection. And I think the pressure probably turns rightly or wrongly up if you see Democrats lose in either of those well, governor races. I will just say that's what we're looking at next week, Anna. I mean, let's just spend one second on this. If Democrats lose in Virginia, this entire thing could go to hell. 
I mean, I'm just for for Democrats. I mean, this entire agenda could be in massive trouble. People, whether again, you said it right, rightly or wrongly, we don't know. We don't know whether it will make sense or not. But it could just completely blow up in Democrats' faces, and you could get moderates who are just like, I'm not voting for like another couple trillion dollars in spending with with Democrats losing. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. Please share us about, about us on social media. It's the best way for others to find out about The Daily Punch. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe. <laughs>